Hello and welcome to the Around the Foghorn podcast. I'm Vince Chistoni and I'm interviewing today Cody Pasby, a KNBR producer and the host of the Minor League Podcast Report. Cody, how are you doing today? Good, Vince. Thanks for having me on. All right, so let's get right to it. The Giants uh, farm system been a little bit on the bottom recent years, but there are some prospects that kind of are eye-opening, giving fans a little hope as they try to turn around um, a last-place season, uh, missing the postseason now, uh, seems like, in every odd year. So we'll go ahead and get started with some of the top prospects. We'll list the top three, Tyler Beatty, Christian Arroyo, who saw time this year, and Chris Shaw. So what can you tell me about Tyler Beatty, who had some injury issues this year? Yeah, I think that's really the main concern with him, is that he just faced so much adversity and so many... He just never could get off the ground and, and get going. Uh, when this guy was get, coming up, you saw the stuff was there. Uh, you saw that he had some really uh, unique stuff on on the mound, and this is a guy who I thought looked like the make had the makings of a major league starter. Uh, and since he's gone up through the leagues, he's had some struggles here and there. Uh, I know his ERA last year in an injury played year 4.79 but I mean when he gets called up to Richmond it's 2.81 so this is a guy who has definitely shown he can do it Uh, it's just a matter of being healthy putting it all together Uh, he had some impressive outings in spring training for the Giants I think they still believe in him and I it's going to be a weird offseason they have such a thin farm system that you would like to believe they won't trade away some of their top guys but we know this team also wants to compete so maybe a guy like Tyler Beatty maybe ends up getting traded or he could be the fifth starter next year it it really it's likely that it's just as likely either scenario happens at this point but I think the Giants still definitely believe in Tyler Beatty and I think that they still project him as a number five starter in at least the next year maybe if not 2018 by 2019. Now what do you think uh, Chris Stratton would have to say about that because as I was listening to your podcast with uh, Marty Lurie he even noted that he has the uh, swing and miss stuff. He does. Stratton just took everybody by surprise. I mean, one, this was a first-round pick a few years ago, so he has the talent. We know that. He, he's always had the talent. It's just a matter of putting everything together and figuring it out. He's got strikeout stuff. It's something that I don't think you can really say about any starter in the Giants rotation other than maybe Madison Bumgarner, and when he's on, Jeff Samarja will get the strikeout as well. Uh, he had a much better strikeout season this year than in years past. But Stratton, I think, in terms of just stuff, and it's probably going to be him versus Ty Block for that fifth spot in the rotation, I would probably lean towards Stratton right now, personally, just because of the swing and miss ability. He is the first-round talent. He's a guy that, yes, he's coming up late in his career. What is he, I think 27 or so, 28 at this point, uh, which is a late bloomer for for most guys. I mean, I think Matt Cain was, what, 20 when he got called up? And by the time he's the age Stratton was, he was already an accomplished uh, starting pitcher in Major League Baseball. So... I, I am I I do really like Stratton, and I think though that there's still room for Tyler Beatty at some point. And again, it's going to be such a crazy off season that it's very possible that Block Stratton or Beatty ends up going in a deal to go acquire a bat. But you also have to account for. What are the Giants going to do with Madison Bumgarner? I think they all signs point to them trying to work out a contract extension. What are they going to do about 
Johnny Cueto. He's, it looks like he's probably going to get his option picked up. Jeff Samarja, even Matt Moore. I mean, Matt Moore could be gone after this year. Or could Another guy who could get traded. So uh, as locked in as the rotation seems right now, I think a lot is in flux, and it wouldn't be the craziest thing to see Beattie in this rotation maybe by May or June of next year, depending on what happens in the trade market. All right, we'll move on to the number two prospect in the organization, Christian Arroyo, who we saw earlier this year had a big home run against the Dodgers and also a few other moments, uh, bases clearing uh, double in the ninth inning against the Mets or in the tenth inning earlier in the year. He has the poise, but he seems he has good at bats, but something seemed missing, and it was a shame that injuries got him. I think it's just too, yeah, the injuries is, is really a shame because I think it would have been nice to see him get a full season in AAA to really work out the kinks and really figure things out at the plate because this guy can hit. This guy, I I, I just believe he's going to be a good major league hitter. Uh, seeing him in the minor leagues, you just see it at the plate. There's something different about him, uh, his approach to the game. Uh, he just seems like a professional. I heard people in San Jose, coaches, uh, who say, you know, basically saying he isn't Buster Posey, but boy, the last guy who came through this place and looked like this guy and hit like this guy and had professionalism like this guy was Buster Posey. So you hear that, you can't help but get excited. Uh, and I think he had, like you said, he had flashes, some nice moments. That big home run uh, was a great moment. But uh, it, it became evident very quickly that he was overmatched. And it's also easy to forget he's really young. And he shot up through the system. I, I think a lot of fans were expecting him to be ready next year or 2019. The fact that he was even on this team in 2017 just speaks to I think how far ahead in his development he already is. So like to still see him get a lot of time in AAA before getting called up, but the, the Giants are going to need a third baseman, and I'm not sure that between the amount of players they got to tra- pay for arbitration and the uh, luxury tax threshold that I think is at $197 million, uh, if the Giants are going to be able to afford to bring in some third base help. So they're going to need a Royal to get, good get it get it figured out really quickly but at the same time there's also i i would like to see them not rush him because i think that if he gets a few more months of triple a i think he can figure it out and be the hitter that they expect him to be all right number three on the list uh chris shaw the age kind of tying into this next question we're in a time when we're seeing young stars hate to say it, like Cody Bellinger with the Dodgers. They're 21, 22 years old. Corey Seager, 22, 23 now. They're making an immediate impact right away in the lineup, in the postseason. Saw with the Cubs last year. Yeah, and I think uh, he hit a home run yesterday talking about uh, Bellinger. And Chris Shaw is 22 or 23 years old. 23. Christian Arroyo, 22 I believe. We're talking about now Chris Shaw, the number three prospect, trying to find out more information about him. Why do the Giants seem to hold back and say that they're still too young or raw when we're seeing people that age, players that age, making an immediate impact in big moments? Well, as much as I like Chris Shaw and like Christian Arroyo, the fact is the guys you mentioned there, Cody Bellinger, Corey Seager, uh, I mentioned Chris Bryant, these are once-in-a-lifetime type of players, types of talent. Uh, And, again, I like these guys. I wouldn't put them at the level of a Cody Bellinger or a uh, a Corey Seager or or whomever. Uh, That said, uh, 
you can't help but notice his meteoric rise, that being Chris Shaw, through the minor league system. I mean, when he comes to San Jose, he spends half the season in San Jose, hits 16 homers, and then immediately goes to Richmond, has some growing pains, gets out of that, then gets to call up to Sacramento. And, I mean, 18 home runs in Sacramento last year. Uh, I think there might still be... Uh, some plate discipline issues. That said, though, he has, a, I think, a 344 career on base in the minor leagues. But the power is there. Uh, that's obviously enticing, considering the Giants haven't had a power-hitting corner outfielder in who knows how long, since maybe number 25 was Manning left field. Uh, but I, I think that's the only reason you're not seeing them get these guys up immediately. And I mean, we saw it last year with Christian Arroyo. They called him up quickly, and he looked overmatched. So... Uh, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing that the Giants are letting these guys wait it out a little bit. Now, there's the flip side of that, guys like Mac Williamson and Jared Parker, who still have not figured it out and are now at a point where it's like, if if you're not going to figure it out now, when's it going to happen? And maybe the Giants didn't do them any favors by keeping them in the minors so long. But there's also guys like, you know, the, the talk of baseball right now is Aaron Judge. And Aaron Judge is a rookie, and he's 25 years old, which doesn't which used to be the normal age of rookies. It sounds old for a rookie now, but, I mean, that's normal. 24, 25. Posey was 24 when he gets called up uh, for this first full season. So I think there's it's okay to wait. Every player's different, and not everybody's Cody Bellinger and Chris Bryant. And uh, that said, I would love to see Chris Shaw here up sooner rather than later. I think he can help in left field. He is a left fielder by trade, even though he moved to first base uh, near the beginning of his career, but uh, I'd love to see him. I think that it just as long as he can get the defense fix, uh, figured out, I think he'll be up here fairly soon. Okay, I'm going to read this quote from Baseball America. Giants fans may not like it. They said this before the season about the team. The most stable organization in baseball enters 2017 with the realization its current window of contention is closing slowly and that might be uh, what uh, Brian Sabian was referencing to in his uh, midseason uh, interview with the Chronicle. Continuing here, the Dodgers are younger than the Giants. They have a better farm system and more money to spend. Also, Los Angeles has topped 90 wins and claimed the NOS title in each of the past four seasons, now five. San Francisco hasn't reached 90 wins since 2012. Now, L.A. is their direct competition, let's face it. How can the Giants restock the organization, specifically in the minors, to compete with this team that's now just one win away from the World Series as we talk on October 19th? Well, one, having the number two pick in the draft next year is going to go a long way, and having that near the top of the draft pick in every round is going to do a lot of help. And we also have to remember, uh, I, I think we forget quickly that those three World Series titles in five years were a direct result of great drafting, great scouting, and great player development. Guys like Buster, obviously Buster Posey and Madison Bumgarner are obvious choices. But even someone like Tim Linscom, who was the seventh pick in the draft, but a lot of guys were not counting on him to be that guy. Uh, Joe Panic, a guy that I feel like a lot of scouts said they reached on. Uh, and then you've got these diamonds in the rough guys. Matt Duffy, uh, Brian Wilson was a late pick. Sergio Romo was a late pick. You go on and on and on. And, and because the Giants drafted so well in those years, they win the world. They win three of those five World Series. Now, you're just at a point now where all those guys are here and 
you don't have and you've had years of now low draft picks and the talent isn't coming up as quickly as it was and it's not as as good as it was let's face it this this minor league system is average at best uh, right now there's about three or four guys who you can really look at and say I feel really good about those guys and then the rest is kind of a toss-up um, there are some really interesting guys so what do the Giants need to do draft well in this coming draft where you've got the number two pick and you're possibly still looking to compete next year so re-up the farm system while still competing but the other part of it is if what do you decide to do maybe uh, probably we won't see it until halfway into next year at the at the trade deadline because by all accounts, this team's going for it. They're trying to win again in 2018 and hoping that Posey and obviously Posey's not the problem, but that Bumgarner's healthy, that uh, Crawford can turn it around, that the core of this team can, has still a couple years left in them. But if that's not going to go well, then they have to make a decision halfway through the year. Do we trade off our biggest pieces? Do we decide to say bye-bye to Madison Bumgarner, as heartbreaking as that would be? Do we decide to get rid of Brandon Crawford, Brandon Belt, Joe Panic, And can they even do that? That's the other scary part. Uh, the team I've been mentioning, and I hate mentioning him, but it, it, there's just too many similarities of where this can go all go wrong, is the Philadelphia Phillies in 2012 and on, where the team had so much invested in, in uh, contracts that just weigh them down, uh, Halliday, Ryan Howard, et cetera, et cetera. And it's only now that they're starting to recover and having guys like Reese Hoskins come up. And even now they're still about a year or two away. So that's the danger of hanging on a little too long. Now, I still think the Giants can make the right moves to figure it out, but um, this is a huge crossroads for this franchise. And I think much like when they started drafting those good players to get a World Series, it's going to have to be a change in philosophy where they went from, you know, in 07 when Barry Bonds retired, where they were building a team around Barry Bonds and it wasn't working. And then suddenly they flipped the script and decided we really need to invest in the draft in scouting and building this this organization within. And it worked. They may now have to do another thing where you're having power is much more prominent in the game. The Giants have never been a power team since the Bonds era. It may be another scenario where they have to change their whole way of thinking as a front office. Now, there is some hope. The Giants have a couple of intriguing power-hitting prospects they drafted this year. Heliot Ramos and Jacob Gonzalez. Um, I have their stats here. Heliot Ramos in the in the rookie league hit 348, six homers in 35 games. And uh, Jacob Gonzalez, also in a rookie league, 339, one homer in 46 games, but still strong numbers. 418 on base percentage for Gonzalez, 404 for Ramos, uh, 1.049 OPS for Ramos, and 876 OPS for Gonzalez. But that's in a very, very low level. The minors are still very young. My question is, do you think they're the real deal? And if so, when do you see them contributing to the big club? I know they're so young, but fans might want to know when help will be on the way. Yeah. Uh, Jacob Gonzalez, by the way, I think this is uh, the son of Luis Gonzalez, if I'm correct. Yes. Uh, So he's got the genes, at the very least. Uh, So that's always good, and I've heard good things about him. Ramos, though, is the guy... I think we should be really excited about. Haven't really had a chance to see him, but everything I've heard is he instantly jumped off the ta- the page for for them uh, for the Giants, and all the things I'm hearing from the scouting staff and the and the coaching staff and the training staff. Uh, 
is this guy's good. This guy's really good, and he's going to be the real deal. He's just so young right now. What, I think he's about 19 at, the, at this point? So uh, if we do see them, I think Ramos at this point more likely than Gonzalez. But, again, it's so early anything can happen. I mean, Pablo Sandoval was a nothing prospect when he came up with the Giants, and he ends up being a huge factor for them in those three World Series runs. So when we'll see these guys, Ramos, I can't imagine we'll see him any earlier than 2020. Uh, It's going to be a long time probably until we see him make an impact. 2020, 2019, maybe at the end of the year at the earliest if his progress is good. Um, But, hey, Giants are starved for for power right now, and they'll get it wherever they can. And uh, I think Ramos is the guy to watch of those two at this point. But, again, it's super early. Uh, Your guess is as good as mine at this point, really. Now, quite a few Giants prospects are playing winter ball and and in the Arizona Fall League this offseason, some to make up for time lost to injury, some for evaluation purposes, some to stay in shape. Um, who are some of the players to look out for? I know we were talking with uh, Can Be Our host Larry Kruger earlier, and one of the uh, top prospects, Stephen Duggar, the number 10 outfielder prospect, had a good game last night or today. Yeah, he's one of the guys I really would keep an eye on because he can be a guy who could make an impact in the majors as soon as next year. And I think they wanted him, they kind of projected him as that sort of guy this season. Uh, and, of course, his whole season, much like everybody in the minor league system and in the major league team, their season was derailed by injuries. But, I mean, in a little bit of time in the minors this year, he still had a decent year. He had 262 average, but he gets on base. He's a solid hitter, sound hitter at the plate. Um, and he's a guy that, if everything goes right, This guy could have somewhere between 20 to 25 steals, can get you 10 to 15 home runs, can play solid defense. He's a good all-around guy who I think his – he doesn't have one skill that I think just jumps out at you, but he does everything right. And he's uh, at a very good, de- and I think could be a very good defensive center fielder. So that's one guy I'd keep an eye on. Uh, and then, of course, Chris Shaw is playing there as well. And that's the guy I think we're all going to be really, really looking at hard. Uh, if he makes a lot of progress in Arizona, um, it, it's interesting to see what they'll do with the outfield because uh, in the major league club because they obviously need a center fielder. We've heard they're interested in everybody from J.D. Martinez to even Giancarlo Stanton, possibly for right field. And we've also heard Span is going to be the left fielder. But all of that can change. If Chris Shaw looks great in the fall league, looks great in spring training, Span's just not doing it, or they even decide to trade Span, or they get two outfielders, then I could see them. Uh, then I could see maybe Chris Shaw way earlier than expected possibly getting a chance at the major league club um which will feel a lot better about giving him the left field job at age 23 than you know saying let's go with Jared parker and mac williamson we're in the late 20s and it's it's now or never so who are some players that uh fans might not have heard of or are not on the top 10 that they should uh look out for i know you have Ramos garcia up if you want to talk about him he's number nine on baseball america's list of giants prospects so who are some other players that we should uh, look out for? Yeah, Garcia is one that I am interested in because it's we talk about it every year. When's Posey going to move to first or when's Posey going to move his position? And it's not going to happen in the next couple years, but it's eventually going to happen. Like it's I mean, it, 
for great hitting catchers, that's just what you do. We've seen Joe Maurer do it. Now he had a nice little comeback here this year. Johnny Bench, it goes on and on and on. Uh, so at some point, Posey will move positions. So they're going to need somebody to fill in behind the plate. Aramis Garcia has battled injuries for years, it feels like, and has just never been able to get it going, and he's been kind of stuck in San Jose because of it. They've been wanting to bring him up, and finally this year he had a nice, full, healthy season, 17 homers in 81 games, a really good number for behind the plate. Got moved up to Richmond, still hitting well. Uh, he's an offensive-minded catcher. Uh, and as long as he can get the defense going, he could be a guy who in the future, maybe not, again, in the next two or three years, but maybe sometime, yeah, as we get closer to maybe 2020, that could be a guy who uh, maybe he'd be a back. It could be a solid backup option for a few years if they don't want to bring back Nick Hundley, if the price tag is a little too expensive, he might be an interesting guy to have as a backup option. Uh, other than that, the other guys that I've been kind of following, Yohan Gregorio, before, I believe he had a drug suspension, so that's a big, big minus, which is really unfortunate. Um, and I know he's high up on that Baseball America list as well, or he's at least in the top 10. But he had solid, solid stuff. Um, in his time when he was playing in AAA. Again, another guy, though, that if he can get the – he needs to figure out the control, 61 strikeouts compared to 35 walks and 13 games started, but a 3.04 ERA. Um, and he's just been solid throughout his minor league career. Uh, a guy that I don't know if he strikes me as a starting pitcher, but maybe a guy that they can reconfigure into a bullpen arm. So there are still some, yeah, some interesting names that maybe don't, jump out are not uh maybe on a lot of guys radars but yeah there's still some diamonds in the rough here all right as we wrap up if someone wants to see more of your work where can he or she go go to knbr.com go to our podcast page and you will find the minor league knbr minor league podcast to be correct we're taking some time off because it is the off season not a lot to talk about with prospects but if any big trades happen during this offseason, mostly pertaining to prospects involved or prospects heading out. Uh, that's where you can find me. All right, make sure you listen. He has good stuff with um, our weekend pre- and post-game host, Marty Lurie. Good stuff there. All right, Cody, thank you so much, and uh, hope we could do this again. Sounds good. Thanks, Vince. All right, thanks, Cody.